Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up. I believe it goes up Tuesday. Just kind of the fallout from the last two weeks at quarterback with Sam Howell and just a lot of what the guys are saying, why they are really believing in him, the things they see. Obviously, John Allen said he could be their quarterback for the next five or 10 years. And I think there's a lot of people who certainly believe that can happen. I also know some say it takes time, and I would agree with that. It does take time before we know what a guy can be, but Howell is on a very good path. Also, programming note, live stream show, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday night, with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. So please join us then. And so let's get into it. I want to do the film review. Of course, going to take a law, another look at Sam Howell, because I just think there's a lot of good things there. And this season really is about him and how he develops. And so I want to look at that. Where's he improved? I think he did a nice job on Sunday in the last couple of Sundays. Before I get to that, I did want to talk a little bit about a couple other guys, because I think... You know, Jahan Dotson had really nice touchdown catch, also had another drop. He's had too many drops this year, but he now has 34 catches on the year, which is one fewer than he had all of last year. The difference is he has, I think it's um, three touchdowns, two touchdowns this year. He had seven in touchdowns and 35 catches last year. He's getting open. I think that's a big key because there were times early in the year I wasn't seeing him get quite as free. I saw he was free more than a few times on Sunday. And there are a couple of times where they just couldn't connect on some deep passes. And I think that's something to watch as we move forward, if they can develop that. And there were a couple of times where I thought maybe, excuse me, maybe Hall had a shot to go to him. There was um, one time where he opted for a deep one, deep fade on a third down to Diami. Now, that's a step you're going to make the decision and you're going to throw. So this isn't second guessing the decision, but it is to say on that play, what I liked from Dotson on that play is just how he shook the corner on a route over the middle. Uh, Howell's already making up his mind to throw. That didn't affect the corner on, on the coverage. It was just a really good job by, by, by Dotson getting open. Don't care that he wasn't the target. It's more, I always like leaving last year, like, is he getting open? The answer was yes. And I saw more of that, especially on Sunday. There were a couple of times. There's another time where he's open. It looked like could have been open at a deep ball. Um, but I think it was one where where um, Howell was under some duress and did not throw to him. But I think he had a shot at that one too. But it was a good job by by Dotson winning on the route. And so I think that's important to point out. And if, by the way, I brought up the drops. He has five drops, I think it is. That's what our ESPN stats have him credited for. Um, my guy from college, Chris Olave from Ohio State, he has six drops with the Saints. So there's sometimes, you know, and that which shocks me to be honest, having watched both these guys in college, um, that I'm surprised that that they're that it's they're having that kind of kind of an issue, but they did. So we move on from that. But I thought Dotson did a nice job. The, the touchdown catch was a really nice catch, good throw, but a good catch by Dotson. And I think, you know, the more they can get him involved, I think it will help them because he's, I think he can be a playmaker. 
The one thing I'd like to see, I think everybody would like to see is on some of those deep shots, if you make it, you may have to make those tough grabs, right? Can he do that? That's what he did in college. And can he make an occasional, maybe a one-handed catch? Hard to do, but that's what's that's where you take the next step as a receiver to make those kind of plays, which puts you on a different level. But you know, but I think I think be satisfied with if you just catch the walls thrown to you that are there, like some of the ones that he's dropped. So anyway, wanted to point that out. I think, you know, I think he's I, I still have a lot of expectations for that kid. Um, also thought that this was one of Antonio Gibson's better games. I mean, he did. I really liked how he made guys miss. I felt like he really ran hard as well. And I think that was a good thing to see for them. And of his, get this, of his 76 yards that he gained combined from scrimmage, 72 yards came after contact. Now, it's not like there were a handful of pass plays that were behind the line of scrimmage. So you could catch a, technically it'd be a four-yard pass, but you could get eight yards of yak because you catch it behind the line, you're going to run. So he had a couple of those, but he did, a, but overall he did a really good job in that area. And again, made guys miss ran, ran with some power, some a little bit more physical. And I think that was a good thing to see from him. So wanted to point those things out. And I, I focused on the offense today because when you're traveling, to be honest, it's hard for me to see everything, to watch all the defense and all the offense, and so I, you know, in going over Sam Howell's pass plays, there's a lot of them. So Eric Bieniemy is seeing to that 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 there's going to be a lot of pass plays to to look at. I'm not going to talk about every one of these pass plays because you don't need to hear about that. I'm just trying to give you a a package or an idea of what it looked like for his day. And I think you know that it looked good, but then it's like, why did it look good, and what did he do well? And I think one of the things the Patriots do a lot of games up front. They do a this is not like how the Giants were, but there's some there's some similarities. But I think like, and I told you last, on the uh, by the way, on the prediction podcast, I nailed the score. I had it Washington twenty to seventeen. I think apparently I picked that score a couple of times. I got this one right, folks. Anyway, there you go. Just wanted to bring that. Just wanted to bring that up for you in case anybody didn't realize that. But one of the things I talked about in there, like compared to the Giants, Wink Martindale's like. He'll send whatever, whatever, whenever. Belichick is a little bit more, a um, little bit less unpredictable with some of that stuff. But you know he's going to do a lot of things, and they did. And so there were a lot of games up front. There were times where they were rushing three and dropping eight, and they did that a handful of times. And sometimes you're dropping, you're you're showing four rush four rushers. One guy will take three steps up, and then he's dropping off into coverage, trying to hope to get a gap. And so I think like they do a lot of front. Now that affects the protection. I think in the back end, I think Hal did a good job getting that. And I think the protection was pretty good up front, but what it did do is it led to some pressures that Hal did not take sacks on. And I think that's one of the good things, like the way they were doing the games up front, the giants killed them with games up front and they handled a lot better. Tyler Larson is a big part of that. The protection calls. And this is something that Ron Rivera talked about on Monday, but it's clear He's about 30 pounds heavier than Nick Gates. He's much, he's stouter. And it makes you wonder why, why they went the direction they did, to be honest. And you know you have a you know you have a quarterback who needs a stout interior because if he's going to have success, he can't have guards in his lap all the time, and the interior in his lap all the time. And that's what was happening for the first seven games. They were always in his lap, it seemed. 
and not and sometimes he's holding the ball yes sometimes you're holding the ball and your guy's still in your lap or you're not holding the ball and the guy's in your lap i mean so they have to be stout inside so why they didn't build a stronger interior is going to, is is really is surprising to me and you know whether it was through free agency or the draft whatever i think you needed to build a stronger interior and i you know and, and i like there's a lot to like about nick gates i think he's I think he's a good leader, good guy to have on here. There's a, but I just think for what you needed, you needed a strong, and that's what Larson gives you. So that's that's been a big help. Chris Paul has some strength too, but I think Larson's been the key to all this and getting some better protection and handling those kind of stunts, protection calls. But they did surprise them sometimes because they would send they would send a blitzer plus a stunt, and you know sometimes you're sending a guy off the edge. But the stunts would be sometimes you and a lot of times you might take two steps up and cut inside. They're taking three steps up and cutting inside. So there's a lot. There were some delayed games hoping they could get how to hesitate with some of the coverage looks and then get home with some of these pressures. And they were getting there close, but he did a good job of getting rid of the ball. And I think that's that's something that he needs to be deserves credit for. And it wasn't just because he felt more comfortable behind the line. I do think that helped, but I also think. He just did a good job of getting rid of the ball. And, you know, I think he, between he and Larson, I think they did a good job of handling a lot of those pressures. And there were some good pockets in there as well. So I think that was a good sign for them to see. I think Howell saved a few sacks because of this, because of how quick he got rid of the ball and because he recognized where some of the pressure was coming from. And then he was able to, to, Again, avoid danger, and it paid off a number of times. Listen, one of the things that you look at when you look at like how do sacks impact drives? Those are killers. There's, I think it's like the for the ESPN stats. I think it's something around 1.8 points the expected per drive, right? The average 1.8 points per drive. If you get a sack on a drive, it goes down to like almost in half. That's how much they affect the game. It's it's not just about the pounding you take. And again, this isn't to blame anyone. It's just the high number of sacks impacts you in a highly negative way. Now, so that's that's why the last couple of weeks, having only four has been a big deal because they've been more, I know only 20 points Sunday, but they've been more, they, had, they did a really good job moving the ball. And so I think that was partly because you avoided all the sacks. I mean, it's 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 logic, man. So it's not that hard. In the first quarter, there was one play, I think, in the first quarter where it's he gets the ball out in 1.76 seconds. There's a corner blitz, and if you don't get it out that fast, he gets it to McLaurin for seven yards. You don't get it out that fast, it's a sack. That's just that's recognition, right? Um, the play to Byron Pringle, if you remember that one, it's a third down and seven, right? And they showed, so what the Patriots did, they showed two D linemen, Four guy and four guys were standing up. So you basically have a look of like six guys there. One of the guys drops, um, but there's a corner blitz. So you're rushing six and they they get Hollis being chased down the right side. And you're thinking, oh my God, this is a disaster. So he goes back, I don't know, it's 10, 15 yards, whatever it is, throws it from a, throw, gets to a pass the right hash, has to throw back to the other side, to the, almost the other hash where Byron Pringles, I don't know how he saw all of this and how he had the presence of mind to be able to do that. Um, but he did. And it saved a disastrous. Not only did it save a sack, my God, you gained 26 yards. So that was, and he's across his body. So I put the pictures up there, just the screenshots for you guys to see. 
but it's an, it was an incredible play. And that's that happened all day with him. The plays he made with his legs and his eyes. My God, it's it wasn't just keeping your eyes downfield when you're going. It's just using them throughout the game for different things that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. There's one play that I really liked that was just a subtle thing, but it was a good thing. Another time they blitz the edge, he gets it out quick to Jahan Dotson. Um, to the side of the blitz, 1.71 seconds. He gets hit as he throws. If you're not reacting that quickly, it's a sack. And that's a loss of a down. And not just a lot, that's it's a loss, probably a lost drive at that point. So unless he gets another one of those crazy 24-yard runs. And so there, uh, there's another, you know, so it's just the ability to avoid danger. And there's another one. And this is an important one because, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So it's first down at the 12-yard line, at the Patriots 12-yard line. Patriots rush five linebacker blitzes through the B gap to, to on the offense's right side. And Antonio Gibson does a nice job coming over to pick them up enough, but they're because the pressure up there, it because so, and I think, so I'm watching this play, watching this play. Did he have to leave the pocket here? And I kind of think he knew he had to, to be able to get the, the, the throwing lane that he needed here. Now you have Logan Thomas breaking open kind of over the middle, so maybe you hang, but Jabril Peppers would have been coming down and, and has a shot at either breaking the ball up or certainly stopping him for a very short game. So to me, the way I saw this play is that Howell recognizes that he's got to get get it, create a lane for himself because he's going to the outside and that's where he goes. And so just like a couple, just a small sprint to his right and creates a better throwing lane for himself. And he connects for, I think it was three yards to the outside. I think it was Dotson for three yards. So he avoids a really bad play and may, or maybe just a negative, maybe a batted down pass. So now it's second and seven from, um, from the nine yard line. And the next play, Brian Robinson scores a touchdown. So take keeping up, keeping away from the danger and again, I think even if he had hung in the pocket, he probably can do, he probably could have just gone to Paulson. Paulson. I always say that Logan Paulson, it's not Logan Paulson, shout out Logan. Logan Thomas could have gone over the middle to him, but I'm not sure what results from that. So even on second 10 from the 12, if it's a bad pass, are you running the ball in the next play? Maybe not. So, but but I know they ran on second and seven and they scored a touchdown, well-blocked play. But again, save yourself the danger and then you can you can keep drives alive. And I think there were times he's thrown the ball away. There's times he was, you know, he did a couple of that too. So, you know, again, avoided um sack. There's a six-yard pass to to um Antonio Gibson. Charles Leno gets moved back. And next play, he avoids another sack. Um this is one where I believe this is where Byron Pringle stumbles. He was looking down the left side. It looks like there's single high. Going to take a shot down the side to Pringle, but he stumbles out of the break. So he's got to hold it and um, it holds it. It's like 2.71 seconds, and he, but he moves to his left because there's nothing else available. Pringle's actually open, but there's a guy that's kind of in Howell's vision, throws it over and out of bounds. But again, he avoids danger in what could have been a tough situation because he was getting rid of the ball a little bit better. And there, listen, it wasn't like the line was getting the line did a pretty good job, man. And and so you have to give them a lot of credit. There were times he's holding the ball for 3.4 seconds and he's untouched and the pocket looks really good. And on the touchdown, you know, and on the touchdown and the touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson, that's kind of what that that's exactly what that was. It was a really good pocket. 
you know, other, there were a couple of times he throws a sidearm ball to avoid us to avoid kind of getting bad down. He has the ability to change the arm angle, which also helps, you know, be able to throw around guys rather than always over the top of them. So just a lot of good things to like. I liked how, again, the eyes were really good. And that's one thing you always worry about when guys get sacked a lot is do they start looking at the rush a lot more? This kid doesn't do that. You know, when, when, when Griffin was a rookie, one of the things that I remember the coach is talking about for the, for the next year was keeping the play alive. They worked a lot of that in training camp in 15. Now, clearly he was not a part of that because he's still recovering from a knee injury, but it was a point of emphasis with them. And you would see him working on that on the side field with it, but it wasn't as instinctive for Robert to do that. But part of the problem was as a rookie, he would a lot of times behind the line of scrimmage, 10 yards deep, tuck it and you decide to run. And there were a couple of times earlier this year that Howell did that. He's gotten out of that. And I think, the, you know, against Philly, there was one time he just took off with his eyes because it's third and four in the red zone. It's tight. You've got to go get it. That's perfect. But other times now he's keeping his eyes down the field all the time. And I think that's a really, really good thing. And it's result, it resulted in big plays time and again on Sunday. There was one of the, my favorite plays. It's just a little play. And it's, it's, I don't even know, like they may say, oh, it's just a basic play. But again, use of eyes. So there's one where either if you remember the seam pass, like kind of like a seam pass to the left to Deami Brown for 19 yards. Well, on the play, say Howell takes the snap, it takes like two steps. His feet are in the direction where he's going to throw the ball, basically. But he takes his eyes over to his right. What that does is that the linebacker who would have been in the gap to defend the Brown pass sells it. See, buys by you know, excuse me, buys the fake. And you see him, and I'm putting up pictures for you who watch it on, on YouTube. You see the linebacker just turn and start going to his left. And Howell quickly turns back and throws a strike to Deami Brown for 19 yards. Clears the gap with the eyes. Just a really good job. And it was subtle. It was, you know, it doesn't have to be this long, exaggerated look. It's a look over here. The guy's spying it. Now you're going back. And that's what he did. So, um, you know, there was another time again, keeping the eyes downfield and not, not just looking at the rush. If you remember the third and eight, the sail route where to McLaurin, where he comes inside, jukes, you know, turns inside and cuts back out. Third and eight, it was um linebacker stunt stunted to the middle. So there's pressure. So he gets hit as he throws the ball, but completes like 20, 20 I think it was 24 yard pass to McLaurin. I'm getting some of these 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 numbers wrong, I think. So I apologize for that. But the the bottom line is, it was a longer game. I think it was twenty four, but it was more. It's more so about what Howell is doing and just the strike he threw on this play. And you know, it was it was impressive because he's getting hit as he throws. And next play, it's about accuracy. On the next play, this is the one where he throws a little bit behind McLaurin, but he does that because what I told you with the linebacker on the last one. He can't do it on this one. This is a boom, boom throw, bang, bang throw, and he puts it a little bit. He puts it to a little bit to McLaurin's right, just a little bit behind him. Because if he doesn't, the linebacker has a chance to deflect it. But then McLaurin takes it for a thirty-six yard game. So two back-to-back -back big plays because of the eyes down the field and just in, without worrying about the hit, and because of just to me that was accuracy. That's where he wanted to. I'm gonna guess strongly that that's where he wanted to throw it because otherwise the linebacker has a shot at that. The accuracy, the dots, and on the touchdown was off the charts. Just a really good job. Again, he's it's a that one was a really clean pocket, and I think that's where the line you know deserves the line deserves credit regardless. But but that was a really good job 
by that group on that play. And um, so I think that was a good thing for them. And excuse me, Dotson make Dotson Howell makes a good throw, throwing it to kind of leading them back across the middle. Because if you see McLaurin's on the other side, bring they're just they're beating guys. And Ron Rivera said that you know there was some some of it was with the coverage and where maybe they got funneled on the play like McLaurin because they're kind of bringing he brought his guy over there. But but Dotson runs it right, and so but what what Howell does well is he also leads them to an open area, and that's that's a that was a good thing. It kept out of danger. McLaurin's guy almost gets there, but he doesn't. Just to drop the dime in there, and Dotson makes the good play. Mark your calendars because November 11th is going to be huge. Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira will face off during UFC 295, but only one fighter will leave with the belt. Secure your victory with unbeatable offers on DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers strike now to get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5. Get in on the UFC 295 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers get 200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5. That's code KIME. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash MMA terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, there are some misses and there's some bad plays. And we talked about the interception yesterday. I still don't know what the hell he was looking at. And I'm going to guess that he doesn't either. Because when you when I was watching the press box, the way he kind of, it looked like he just kind of laissez-faire that throw. And I'm thinking, okay, he's throwing out of bounds. Like, then you watch, like, he, he's throwing it back in the end zone. I don't know why. Don't know why. And I don't, again, I don't think he does either. And so I think that's one where, like, what are you going to learn? Just see what you see. I mean, there are four guys there. I thought there were five, but the one fifth one came in late. So there's four guys in that area and two receivers. The math doesn't add up, man. So, but again, like, you know, I, I think I told you my exchange yesterday where after the game, <clears throat> I said to him like about, cause that right, that came five plays after that 24 yard run in third and 23. So I said to him something about like doing his inner Lamar, Lamar Jackson, he's like, yeah, and I followed it up with the worst play of my career. And I was like, yeah, you know, you did, but at least you did it in a win and you came back in the second half and you you came out strong. And that's the other thing. They always talk about the demeanor with him and, and the ability to ignore mistakes. First drive of the second half, he comes out, boom, 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 and and they get down, they go down and, and, and get some points. So that was um a good, obviously a very good thing for them. But that's that's how he's been, and that's why they are sold on him because they see that kind of demeanor. Um, there was one, if you remember the deep pass to, to Terry McLaurin, where, listen, Jabril Peppers could have been called for pass interference on that one. I think we know that. However, it could have been pass interference. It should have been a touchdown because he's a little bit late on that one. Looks like he took an extra hitch on the throw. So it's one of those things like trust what you see. I think, you know, that's, 
McLaurin was going to be there. I mean, that play was there, and I'm not sure quite why. And this is one of the things I'd like to ask, like, what did you see? Because sometimes you, you know, when you're watching all 22, you can look at their vision, but you don't, you don't really feel what they're feeling, right? You see, you can see what's going on. What I do know is he took the extra hitch. And I, that's my thing is, why did you do that? And, and that's usually one of those things you can talk to these guys in the locker room about that. You know, it's a lot easier to do that after they win because then it's like, okay, you won. And, you know, so while you can learn from that in a win and that's a good thing, but that's something I would ask him, like, why did you take that extra hitch? Because it was there. And um, so, you know, yeah, it happens. There was the other one to John Bates under duress in the, where he's, he's wide open the end zone, just a good move by, by Bates gets by, I think it was a safety to the middle of the field. Howell's under duress. He gets hit as he throws. Thing is, like, on this game, he had a handful of plays where he's getting hit and he makes a beautiful throw to Pringle, to McLaurin. I mean, just a few times. Sometimes you're not going to do it all the time, man. And this one, he's just a little bit long. Or no, not a little bit, about five, 10 yards long. But, you know, it happens. But it was a good but it was a good job by Bates getting open. So, the, listen, I think people should be very encouraged by what they've seen. I think it's it's so early to say he is or he can, or certainly you can't say, there's no reason to say he couldn't be the future of this franchise. The question is, can he be? Can he, can he be that consistent guy to be able to grab that mantle, the one that this team needs so badly? And, you know, I don't, I don't think we can sit, we certainly can't. Listen, I think the kid's going to be good. What I, what I would think that should be encouraging the last few weeks is that he's not holding the ball quite as long. And there, he definitely, listen, if you want to drink when I say listen again, or just somebody just mute me if I say it again, pay attention. Anyway, the one thing that I think has been good is that he has, he is, he's not like, he's not like just always throwing the ball quicker. His time before passing is not a lot different against the Eagles. It was, but overall it's not, it wasn't a lot different in this game, but they think that I thought what they did do and Bianami did a good job with the game plan of creating some of those quick decisions, I think for him early in the game, especially get into some rhythm. I think there was a really good rhythm in that pass game. I think he absolutely trusts the protection better. And I think he should, I do think it's been better. I think there, I think there were times where Cosme had his hands full with Christian Barmore. That guy is a good pass rusher. And there were a few times that, that he certainly got the better of him because that's, he's their best defensive lineman. <clears throat> but usually there's been a good pocket. And, and I think that's a big help to, to how, and this is what earlier in the year, that's my thought. My, my comments always were about, can you give him not always, but a lot of it was, if you have a quarterback who's going to hold the ball, can you give him that extra two or three tenths of a second that they would need to then complete a big possible big play. And I think they've been giving that to him a little bit more lately and I think what he's done well is 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 maybe get some quicker reads and quicker recognitions um, to make those quicker reads to help himself. And that's what he's been doing. So the sack, the pressure rate has gone down a little bit for him. The sack to or the pressure, the sack to pressure rate has gone down. So just know that it was pretty high before the last two games. It's a lot more normal. And I think that's where he needs to be. Because if he is, you can see what if he's there, then you can see what he we've seen what he can do. And, you know, yes, he has to be consistent. He has to do it more. It's only been 10 games as a starter. But I think the, what you want what you want to see is, can you build on this? The answer is absolutely yes. The question is always, be, always will be to what level. And I don't think we'll know that 
until for for a little bit because you still have to surround him with a better situation. I mean, you give him the Eagles line. I think he's just, I think he's a much different, he's a really good quarterback in that. And I think he's a good quarterback now, but you could give him that kind of protection. I think you, you really have something because like this kid can throw a deep ball pretty well. I mean, that ball, the dots in 33 yards, it just, I wrote this in the story, but it's just like, he's like flicking a wad of paper into a paper basket, like across the room, just like nice nonchalant, just a nice, easy, easy toss. It looks when I was talking to Nikki, it looks it looked like a wedge shot to the green. And not one of my wedge shots because that would go off to the right, but it looked like a good golfer's wedge shot to the green. Just nice loft, nice easy swing, dropped it in the bucket. And and I think those are good things to see. And and just the toughness is a very good thing. We know that. I think he's gonna have to still learn on some of those. But what are you gonna tell him on the third down, the third down run? He broke, he broke, he broke two tackles and he put them in position to score until he took that away from them. But you know, that's a that, that's when I think I think he's getting smarter about knowing when he needs to turn up field. And that was one where he fell to it. Third down, you're gonna try and pick it up. You're in scoring territory. And um, you know, the couple of times that he went up, he slid. To avoid us, you know, we end up with a minus one yard sack, but he slid. And so he avoided some pressure, some problems. By the way, of the three sacks, I would say one was felt like it was on him. And that's one where he could have gone to Dotson um, down the field and for whatever reason didn't. But but I felt like he or, or the, I think he even had Antonio Gibson out in the flat. So he had some options there, I felt. Again, looking at from the all 22, he may disagree being in the pocket because maybe you don't see it, but me sitting in my desk at a computer, I saw it. Why didn't you? No, kidding. But, you know, but that's what, but, but in fairness to the line, and then there were a couple of times, I think one of the other sacks was um, definitely, I think the other two, you know, one was on the line. Um, I think Cosme gets pushed back. Another one was kind of a combo. Um you know, I don't know that he could have avoided anything. There was one was a blitz. One was a blitz, a corner blitz. He tried to get around the corner and then Leno got beat from the outside. And so that was one of them. Oh, okay. You know what, folks? I did find my notes on the sack. So nothing, nothing in depth, but I was just trying to see what happened on those because they've been, again, much better the last two weeks. So in the first one, there was the corner blitz and then Leno gets moved back from the outside. Howell tries to escape as he sees the corner blitz, but he couldn't get away. He didn't realize the backside end was going to be there and basically grabbed his feet. And that was a sack. On the second one, there was a pressure um, up the middle and Cosme rides Barmore a little bit outside. So it creates a little bit of an opening there, but there's a linebacker who's, I think may have been spying on Howell. And so as Howell runs up, they're there. So the smart thing he does though, is he just slides and it's a one yard loss. It was a second and 10. And so just to, to be honest, it's a smart play by him just to get down and he didn't take any unnecessary punishment. So that was a good thing. And it's a one yard loss. So it's not a devastating loss. The corner blitz, by the way, led to a 13 yard loss. And on the next play, he runs for 24 on third and 23. So, and then on the last one, Cosme gets driven back off a stunt against Barmore and he tries to get out and he, and he can't, it's like a three yard loss. So, you know, there was the one what in the, on the, on the one, um, the, the one that I just told you about the last one, that's where Dotson or Gibson may have been. Gibson was out in the flat. Um, and then Dotson down the middle. I think it wouldn't, you know, I think they could have taken a shot down there. There was, look like there's two safeties deep, but one was playing more up 
And I think Dotson would have got, you could have thrown, if, if he had been able to, and that's the thing is it's hard to see, could he have planted and thrown that? He may have had that opportunity and just throw it out there for Dotson. And it would have been, it may have been a race to the ball, but I like, kind of like Dotson based on his positioning on the play and, and just knowing how fast he is and can get to the ball. But, you know, it was, um, so he didn't, and Gibson was out in the flat, but there was a kind of a linebacker inside far enough away where you could have been okay, but you don't, I think, you know, we've seen, we've seen that before this year. So anyway, only a three yard loss. So the sacks weren't devastating. If you go, if you, you know, the last two games, two sacks per game, you do that for the rest of the year, I think they'd be pretty happy because I think this kid will be even more productive. So a good game by him, good second game in a row. There's a lot to like and a lot to build on with Sam Howell. Um, I, again, uh, some of it starts with scheme, how they're using the line, and then and then his own decision making, and I think the improved protection and Tyler Larson's helping them up front. So there you go. That's all I got for this episode. I'll be back Tuesday night, seven thirty p.m. live stream Eastern time, by the way, with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Commanders, as we'll talk about Sam Howell, the probably the pass rush, where this team goes. They have a game against Seattle. It's a big game because you win that one, you're right back in it. And Seattle certainly is five and three. However, they've had, a, you know, they coming off a really bad loss, which could be good or bad. It could mean that maybe they're not that good. It also could mean that they'll be a little bit pissed off and, and want to play better at home where they do usually pretty well. Anyway, regardless, 